0: On September 17, 2011, uh, in Zuccotti Park, in New York City's Wall Street financial district, the Occupy Wall Street movement began as a protest movement. They essentially camped out in one of the most famous financial districts in the world in order to try and fight social and economic inequality, greed, corruption, and their view that large corporations had too much influence on the government. The the Occupy Wall Street movement had a slogan, we are the 99%, which referred to income equality and and wealth distribution in the US between the wealthiest 1% and the rest of the population. But the interesting thing is how the protest gained steam. Uh, It was organised originally by the Canadian anti-consumerist pro-environment group, Adbusters, who initiated this call for protest, but the initial response was, was kind of cool. You know, lukewarm, didn't get a lot of attention. But the campaign was invigorated in September 2011 after organisers retained a New York-based public relations firm called Workhorse, which had successfully engineered social uh, marketing campaigns for Saks, Fifth Avenue, Big Fancy Department Store, Mercedes-Benz, big companies... And the ensuing media awareness helped inspire these Occupy protests and movements around the world and even resulted in this PR campaign being given some pretty impressive platinum awards from the PR industry and this sort of thing. Uh, It noted, the results obviously have been spectacular. There's hardly a newspaper, internet or broadcast media outlet that hasn't covered Occupy Wall Street. And essential to this was the, the social media campaign. And the whole idea was that you didn't have to attend the protests to be part of Occupy Wall Street's mission. You you didn't even have to live in New York. You could be a part of the Occupy Wall Street mission just by tweeting from home. I mean, ideally, organizers wanted people to start up Occupy movements in their own locations and that sort of thing. But just as important to their message was this social media movement that went alongside the encampments themselves. So sometimes you don't have to be on the ground, so to speak, to be a part of the mission that's unfolding. Now, as we've learned over the last couple of weeks, God has a mission of his own that's somewhat bigger than the Occupy Wall Street movement. Uh, Warren laid out the basics for us a couple of weeks ago. He said that in the beginning was God the Father, the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the three persons of the Trinity living together in perfect unity without any need for anything or anyone else. But God, in his creative goodness, decided to create beings apart from himself. And the pinnacle of these beings were were us, man and woman, people. And while they existed in perfect relationship to begin with, there was no need for mission. But we know how the story goes. The man and the woman rebelled against God and that relationship, that perfect unity, was lost. And they had to leave God's place and be separated from him. In the Bible, though, we have this great history of God's mission to once again make himself known to his people and to have them worship him. And this great mission reached its earthly pinnacle when Jesus the Son was sent by God the Father from heaven to become flesh and blood, to live a sinless life and die for the sins of his people. Because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, forgiveness and reconciliation can come to all those who put their trust in him. It is great news indeed. Jesus rose from the grave and defeated death, and salvation was opened up to all nations. And to see that salvation come to all nations, those who believed in Jesus were sent across the world to make God known and worship him. And we've got that in the Bible, but also as we learned last week from Jeff, that has continued throughout human history. Every Christian is on mission from God to make Him known and give Him glory. God wants us to be a part of His mission. He wants us to work towards that time when all people from, of God from every tribe and every tongue will be gathered together to the throne of God to sing praises to Him. It's an awesome vision. And as Warren so succinctly said, this is what God is and always has been about, the peoples of the earth knowing Him and giving Him the glory He deserves. Now, in the first passage that we heard read this morning, in Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 38, Jesus gives us one of the clearest pictures of one way that we can be a part of God's mission. It's early in his ministry, and Jesus has been out preaching about the kingdom of God, going about healing people of sickness and disease. He's beginning to reveal himself to be God and make himself known to the world. And as he's doing this, He sees the people in all their brokenness. They are alone and they cannot change the situation that they're in or the troubles that they face. They are separated from their maker and they're lost. And in the midst of this brokenness, tenderness towards them is stirred in Jesus' heart. He declares to his disciples who are with him, that there are many people who are ready to hear about what God is doing, but there aren't enough people to tell them about this good news of Jesus. So Jesus invites the disciples to play a part in this mission by instructing them not to preach, but to pray. To pray to the one who is this Lord, this incredible Lord of the Harvest, This is the one that Jesus turns their attention to. So let's read the passage. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest therefore to send out workers in to his harvest field. When you stop and think about it, it's actually kind of amazing. God could have called as many workers as he wanted to all by himself. But instead, he wants to work through the prayers of his followers to send more laborers into the field. Prayer is a part of how God wants to fulfill his mission, and it's our way of being a part of god's mission it's, it's prayer this is an invitation from jesus to his disciples to share his heart for the lost to look at the crowds and their brokenness and be stirred to compassion as he was jesus wants us to have a prayerful heart for mission just as he did when it says that he prayed for those that he sent into the world in the end of his life in john chapter 17 it's what our hearts should be when we go down to Chatswood Chase or Westfield. We should see the crowds, and we should see their brokenness. As we press on towards maturity in Christ, our goal should be to be more and more like Jesus. And as the Spirit works in us to make us more like Christ, our hearts and minds should be shaped to be like His. The desire of God to be known should become a part of who we are. And this is what Jesus is inviting us to do when He invites us to pray. Now, one of the greatest examples of Jesus' earliest followers' understanding that God wanted us to be a part of the mission through prayer was the Apostle Paul. Before God revealed himself to Paul, uh, he had been a pious and religious Jewish man who persecuted the early Christians. But after God's gracious revealing of himself to Paul, he would become the first missionary to the non-Jewish world, the, the Gentile world. And Paul understood the value of prayer in God's mission. It was an essential part of his ministry, and often he wrote about it in his constant, consistent prayer life in his own writings. So I've got some up here for us to have a look at. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Ephesians 1.16 Then 1 Thessalonians 1.2 We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. 1 Thessalonians 3.10 Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. And 2 Timothy 1.3, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. These are just some examples. This is clearly a man who valued prayer. He understood that prayer is God's ordained way of changing history. It's really helpful for us to look specifically at how Paul saw this connection between mission and prayer. Because just like Jesus, he has this incredibly high view of prayer and the importance of it. Paul saw people praying for him as a missionary as being on the same level as someone who was there in the flesh with him. People who prayed for him were co-strugglers in the face of the opposition that Paul himself had to look at on a daily basis. People who prayed for him were partners with him in the work of the gospel. Paul understood that you didn't have to be on the ground to be a part of the mission, just like you didn't have to be physically in Zuccotti Park in New York City to be part of the Occupy Wall Street movement. Uh, I remember when I first... uh, Graduated from university and went back to work on the university campus in Melbourne. And when I, I had to raise support to do that. And, and people very generously gave and made that possible, which is fantastic. And one of the things they always encourage us to do is don't think of the people that give to you as you know, supporters or donors or contributors or something like that. But think of them as partners. And, and call them partners. And we would do it you know, all the time. We'd say to people, you're our partners in the gospel. The work that we're doing... We're playing different roles, but you are just as much a part of what's happening as as us who are there on the campus. And I think that that's the sort of idea that Paul is getting at here. So let's read with me Romans 15 to 30. I urge you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Paul doesn't ask the Christians at Rome to pray for him, or to pray for his struggle, but rather to join him in his struggle through prayer. Join me in mission, he says, not by physically coming here, but by prayer. He's calling them to do mission by prayer, not just pray for mission. Can you see the difference? I'm not just praying for mission, I'm doing mission by prayer. And we see the same high view of prayer that Paul writes Sorry, when he writes to the church at Philippi in chapter 119 of Philippians. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. He says that things will work out for good because of your prayers and the help given by the Spirit. He's happy to speak of their prayers and the work of the Spirit in the one phrase. When we pray for missionaries, we are working and struggling and standing with them alongside the Spirit of God. It's an amazing privilege, and that's when we're sharing in Jesus' heart for the lost. We can be a part of God's mission without going anywhere through prayer. Not just praying for mission, but struggling in mission alongside those who are on the ground. But what can we pray? You know, Hopefully you're starting to think, you know, yes, this is a good thing. that I, I want to be part of God's mission, but, but what should I be praying? And again, it's really helpful for us to look at Paul's words specifically. We can see in his requests examples of things that we can pray for those who are out on the mission field. And this is great because it means that we can learn to pray for people on mission, but also have the confidence that when we do pray, that we're praying God's will for them because we're taking these things straight out of Scripture. So what can we pray for? I'm going to go through a few different passages, and again, I just encourage you to write them down so that you can ever think about them later. So in Romans 15, 31 to 33, just after the verse that we looked at before, Pray that I may be rescued from the unbelievers in Judea and that my service in Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints there. So, what do we have here? We have a prayer for protection, just as Chandra asked about before in the video that we saw, right? That I may be rescued from the unbelievers in Judea. One thing we can pray for missionaries is protection. We heard Chandra's story, but missionaries face all sorts of human opposition, anti-Christian governments, persecution from the community, And then there's non-human opponents, like sickness and disease and spiritual attacks. And we need to pray for them to be rescued from these and other things. Another thing we can pray for is good relationships with the people that they work with, that my service may be acceptable to the saints there. So we can pray that missionaries would get along with each other. Now this may not seem like a big deal, but it is no guarantee that a mission team will just automatically work well together. I've heard some horror stories uh, of mission teams gone wrong that make Kevin Rudd and Julia Gillard look like best pals again, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) So when you're far from home in another culture, your fellow missionaries are the ones that you you rely on. They're your immediate support network. And those relationships are going to be under attack. So we need to pray that those interrelationships will work out well. In Ephesians 6, 19-20, Paul writes, Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So we can pray that missionaries will be courageous in their proclamation of the gospel to make God known and glorify him. Now, I'm sure you can imagine a little easier how vital this one is, but still, it's easy to presume that the sort of person who leaves friends and families here, you know, will have surely no problem once they get there, actually talking about Jesus. But it's important for us to understand, as, as Paul, you know, as courageous as a missionary as there ever was, is asking for us to pray for this. It's something we should take to heart. We should pray for this every Bit as much as anything else, that they would be bold and fearless. By praying for missionaries, we can affirm, along with the Spirit of God, that we've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of self discipline. In Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 to 6, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should so another prayer for missionaries is that there would be open doors for their message so they can actually proclaim the mystery of Christ uh, anyone who's actually ever gone out and done some some door knocking for the sake of evangelism I think understands the importance of this last year through the generosity of many people here in this very room uh, I was able to go to a city called gateshead in the north of England, uh, to tell people about Jesus, uh, along with some other people from my Bible college. And on the first night, we gathered in a team at the church and watched as more and more snow came down upon the ground around us. Did I mention it was the north of England? I was partnered uh, with a local named Sarah, and with a mixture of trepidation and excitement, we got rugged up to brave the cold and tell people about Jesus. And I'll tell you what, I think we must have knocked on a hundred doors that night and maybe three of them opened uh, in order to you know, face the cold air and hear our message. It is really hard to talk to people about Jesus if the door doesn't open, okay? <laughs> we need these doors to be open, both physical and metaphorical, okay? So pray the doors would be opened in order for the message to go forth. I don't know about you, I was just thought that was just a phrase somebody made up at some point. I didn't realize it was in the Bible, doors opening, so it's good. <laughs> Also mentioned, though, here is a prayer that the good news would be proclaimed clearly. I mean, think about how many barriers to communication that missionaries face, language-wise, culture-wise, racial-wise. But we can pray that the Spirit of God would not let these things be an insurmountable obstacle to the proclamation of the gospel. Next up is 2 Thessalonians, 3, 1 to 2. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly, and be honored just as it was with you. See, I mean, this message that the, the word of the Lord would spread quickly, it's something I need to hear. Uh, it's a good thing for us to, to be encouraged in because for many of us, if not for most of us, we come from a background where we haven't seen the gospel spread particularly quickly. You know, most of the time I've seen people come to the Lord, you know, in drips and drabs over really long seasons nothing that i would describe you know the gospel spreading quickly but here paul encourages no, no pray for that pray that it would go quickly let us not you know see with the eyes of experience but let us take paul's words to heart with a, with a heart full of faith that believes that god can and still does move rapidly when he wants to and when he wants to and that we should cry out and ask for him to make this gospel go forth quickly So we've got these scriptural passages. This is a great encouragement for us to be able to speak the word of God in our prayers. But I would want to just finish up by giving us you know, a few tips that are really practical, that we can take these things and just put them into use with our everyday life so that we can be a part of God's mission through prayer. First up, I'd encourage you, pray for a prayerful heart like Jesus and Paul had. Pray for that we would value and understand the importance of prayer. Pray that you would understand the importance of prayer. Pray and thank God for the privilege that it is that we get to be a part of God's mission through prayer. Think about it. You know, Occupy Wall Street movement, 15 years ago, you couldn't have done that. You know, No Twitter, right? How's it going to work? But we get to be part of God's, prayer, God's mission through prayer. Second, have a plan. During our recent sermon series on the book of Colossians, Warren made available the prayer schedule that he uses for us. Just having a simple plan like that, when you already know who you're going to pray for as soon as you sit down, makes a big difference. It's concrete. It's right there in front of you. You don't need to sort of get there and, who am I meant to be praying for this morning? No, I've I've got it right there in front of me. And set aside specific times alongside of that that you can dedicate to prayer. First thing in the morning, on the bus, after dinner with the family, whatever works for you. Just simple things make a big difference. Third, pray these scriptures that we've looked at as well as the other prayers that you find in the Bible. They are Paul, the ones that we looked at were Paul's prayer requests as a missionary out in the mission field. And they're great things to pray But we can pray them for ourselves as well. Every Christian is on mission. Each of those prayers, yes, is for the mission field, but it's for you in your daily life as well. Fourth, you can sign up for the prayer emails that each of the missionaries that our church here in Chatswood, that we support. Uh, I believe there's a sign-up sheet at the back uh, that's been... Sidewall, sidewall there. So it's been set up so you can sign up to actually receive these prayer emails. They're fantastic. You, You get them. It takes two minutes to read through it and just pray as you're reading it. I don't know about you, about you but during the course of the day, you know, I, I look at an email, what is it? I flick it away. But if I just read the email and just pray as I go through it, then I'm praying specifically for the things that our missionaries are actually wanting prayer for. So like Chandra with the Diet Club, right? She had a specific prayer request, and that's an incredible testimony to how you know, sending out that email And having her partners and prayer prayer people pray for her made a tangible difference in the mission field. But you're not going to be able to do that if you don't sign up for the email, right? And fifthly, don't just limit your prayers to the missionaries that we support here in Chatswood. Uh, There's a book that uh, we're going to be putting an order in for called Operation World. It's just $12. And in in it, you'll find information on every nation with a list of things that you could be praying for for each of those nations. You, know, you could take it and just pray for one thing every night before bed. Maybe make it a family, part of your family tradition. If, if you've got a family with small children, maybe get together with friends if that's not the season of life that you're in. But just you know, once a day, send each other a text. Just prayed for this. Why don't you pray too? It's little things like this that all of a sudden encourage all of us to take part in God's mission through prayer. So, Pray for a heart like Jesus, have a plan, pray the scriptures, sign up for the prayer emails, and if you want, get the Operation World Book. Just some practical tips for how you can partner with missionaries all over the world. But more importantly, they are simple ways that we can join in with God's mission in this world through prayer. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the privilege that it is that we get to be part of your mission through prayer. Thank you that it's possible for us to be co-strugglers with those who are on the ground, who are the front line of evangelism and missionary work. And we pray, Father, that we would take these scriptures that we've heard, that we would pray them over their lives and over our lives. And we pray, Father, we would put these practical steps into use so that we can see more prayers and contribute to the mission of God by joining the Spirit of God in his work to see his name proclaimed among all the nations. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.